to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on? Welcome back to the show. It is the week of July 27th, and you know what that means. Training camp! We've been waiting for this the whole time. I mean, let's be honest. News was kind of dead <laughs> for for a couple weeks leading up to training camp, but this is the point where we have all been waiting to sink our teeth into. If you're a fantasy analyst, if you're prepping for redraft leagues, if you're prepping for your home leagues, this is the start of the, the basically the start of the new season. This is where you get to really sink your teeth into all the news that's coming out. And believe me, we got a ton to talk about. Some old, some new. We didn't get to catch up on some of the other stuff that came that came uh, out from the NFL. But there is so much to talk about now. I mean, I mean, you got to start a training camp. The Bucks, the Steelers, and the Cowboys have already started training camp. You already got the news coming out from Dak Prescott and his. Uh, he's coming into training camp with no limits. We talked about that in our last couple episodes. Um, He's trying to get over the mental hurdles. Like he, he's he wants to do preseason, and I kind of get where he's coming at. Like he wants to, you know, get over those mental hurdles about the injury, get hit a couple times, knock the dust off, and you know, go back to it. And I get that. And on the other side, I'm like, I'm getting flashbacks of Tony Romo in into in 2016 where he got he hurt his back and he was out for the season. So I'm like, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, nah, bro, you just got paid, you know, relax, you know, just get the reps in, tighten up. But I get where he's coming from. You know, I, I totally get where he's coming from. He wants to get out there. I would say, look, like, give him a series, give him, you know, let him throw a couple passes. and like, all right, yo, you out, you out. Come on, come sit down. <laughs> it's preseason, bro. Relax. We don't need you out there like that. Um, The Steelers, Ben, Big Ben, he's trimmed down a bit, shaved his beard. He looks a little slimmer i think he understands that this is his last hurrah you know and i think he wants to come into camp you know i I know it's kind of cliche to say you know he coming into camp and he's ready to go but this could be the last year we see ben roethlisberger in a pittsburgh steelers jersey like just let that sink in for a minute because he's been in the league for a long time even last season he, he wasn't too bad you know he came back from the elbow surgery um his you know his yards per attempt weren't that great but he still was you know he still threw for over 30 what 3,800 yards 30 3,500 yards he was above that he threw 35 touchdowns or something you know he he was doing damage they just kind of petered out as the season went on you know so I'm looking for news you know anything from Ben Roethlisberger um, just how he's looking in camp, you know, I know it's still the start of camp, so we're probably not going to get too much, but you know, they got a lot of weapons over there. And I think a lot of people are not giving the Steelers the credit that they should be getting on the offensive side of the ball. Yes. Everybody's worried about the offensive line. And, and that's been one of the talking points that's been kind of beleaguered to this point, because we don't know with what the, with what additions that they've made to the offensive line, whether it's going to pan out or not, you know, it was bad last season, but a lot of offensive lines were, you know, the Bengals offensive line was bad last year. We will, 
And I mean, that's the weird part. People talk about the Steelers' offensive line, but they don't talk about, like, the Bengals' offensive line being bad or the possibility of it being better because everybody's looking at the offense and they're like, yo, Joe Burrow looks legit. You know, Joe Burrow, he, he, he could take a step this year. And granted, he's younger than Ben Roethlisberger, so I get why people are saying that because everybody's ready to kick Ben out the door. But I don't know. I just I, – I, I, you can voice your concerns, but just, you know, hold on to it just a bit because we don't know how everything's going to shake out. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just not ready to put Ben in, a, in the coffin just yet. I think he's still got something left in the tank. He's got to tighten up on them deep balls, though, because that was – that was horrible. His deep ball accuracy was one of the things that many people were questioning as to why he looks done. Um, so he's got to tighten up on that. And then we get to Mr. Tom Brady himself. This dude, since he's left New England, I have to say he's been one of my most favorite social media followers in the NFL. It's like he left New England and all of a sudden grew a stellar personality. Like he jokes, he's... He's doing media stuff. Like, if you've seen the video that came out over the weekend of him throwing passes to the jugs machine. Now, I'm not going to lie. It did catch me. I'm like, how in the world is he doing that? How is he throwing passes to the jugs machine? And then one of the guys I talked to on Instagram, he's a, a good follow, uh, plugged in with Jay. Um, I'll post his... Uh, his account on the, on Twitter. But this he hit me up. He was like, yo, man, come on. It was fake. And I said it was fake in one of my videos. I was like, I felt like it was fake. But he put me on because I've never seen a jugs machine in in real life. So he was putting me on. He's like, look, the jugs machine is always circulating outward. It's always rotating outward. That's why it pushes the balls out. So I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But Brady, and I'm like, I'm looking at the video and I'm like, Brady's throwing this thing into the jugs machine and the, the jugs machine is catching it and kicking it back out. Like, is he throwing it that strong and that accurate? But you know, it, it's just a fun thing that Tom Brady's been doing with his social media and it's cool. And it's not something that we've seen a lot of from Tom Brady, especially from his time in new England. So that was just, you know, something cool to look at. It's like, all right, Brady, we see what you're doing. And it, it's, I got to say, I got to be honest, man. Tom Brady is really doing his thing on social media. I, I'm like, man, where was this Tom Brady at when he was in New England? Like, you saw hints of it here and there, especially, like, towards the end of his career in New England. You know, he was talking a little bit of trash. He was posting stuff like, you know, with Rob Gronkowski. And after they won the Super Bowl, he would get a little spicy, and that was it. But I'm like, okay, Tom Brady. <laughs> He's really doing work in there. But I chatted on long enough. I always say that. I like talking to y'all. Before we get into the episode. So this episode, we're going to be finishing up our QB rankings, 11 through 20. Um, that'll be the, the, the big the big part of the episode. So let's get into that. We got our news to cover before we jump into the main segment. So y'all know what y'all got to do beforehand. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. Make sure you follow me, Will, at Hype underscore Finest. You can follow my other co-hosts too, Jalen at Ace underscore ECA4, and Mark at McNux, M-C-K-N-U-X. We always have to spell his name because people just don't get his name. Like, I'm not going to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> just give him a follow. Give us a follow. Make sure you follow us on all your social media. 
and you can follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so many more. So hit that subscribe button, share us with your friends, and we appreciate the love as always. Now let's get into the news because boy, do we have a lot to talk about. News time! News and notes from around the NFL. All right, right off the bat, we got to talk about that picture that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams posted on their story on Instagram. The Jordan, Scottie Pippen, last dance photo. They posted it on their respective IG accounts. Now, a lot of people took this as a subliminal shot at the Packers ownership because of the ongoing uh, beef. And yeah, let's call it beef. They Packers and Rodgers got beef. They got issues that they need to work out, and it's been ongoing throughout the whole offseason. You know, Packers feel some type of way about Rodgers. They want him to come back. You know, they they want to try They try to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league, and, you know, they try to offer him two more years in his deal. Rodgers is like, nah, I'm not having it because, you know, y'all do stuff dirty, and I don't like how y'all get down and X, Y, and Z. And, and it seems like it's coming to a head. I've said before on the podcast that I think Rodgers is going to show up uh, to training camp. And that was one of the questions that I was going to lead with in this segment. But <laughs> according to Ian Rappaport, and this is b- b- breaking news at the time of this recording, Ian Rappaport reported that Aaron Rodgers has indicated to people close to him that he intends to play for the Packers in 2021. So it was like, I want to do a victory lap, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you kind of let the air out of the bag before training camp because it was a large expectation that he wasn't going to show. And I kind of figured that he was just off the simple fact that despite what's going on with him and the Packers front office, he showed you last year when the Packers front office went off the rails and drafted Jordan, Jordan Love in the first round. He kind of took it on the chin. You know, he said he he expressed his displeasure with the pick, but then he went out and had an MVP year. He's shown you that he's not done. He's also shown you that that pick for Jordan Love was stupid because Love is not getting any reps. He got all the OTAs and, you know, the mini camp reps. He got all those with, you know, none of the wide receivers, none of the starting wide receivers. None of them showed up for OTAs and mini camp. You know, but for training camp, they're all catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love is going to go back to the, you know, QB2 squad. He's going to go play with them guys. Rodgers is going to be getting ready for training camp. He's going to be getting ready for the regular season in training camp. He was already reportedly uh, continuing his offseason training after the, you know, golf tournament. Um, He's been in shape. He's reportedly in shape and he's ready to go. So Rodgers is playing. He's playing for the Packers. Now, will he play for the Packers after this year? That's going to be the next question that a lot of people are going to be asking as training camp goes on. And I bet you Aaron Rodgers is going to be just as coy as he was this offseason. He's not going to give no answers whatsoever. So it's just going to be one of those things that's just going to keep rotating around. You know, hey, Aaron Rodgers, are you going to be playing in 2022? Oh, well, you know, we just got to see how things go. And he's going to give some kind of off-brand answer like that. 
It's going to be hilarious. But let's keep moving on with some sad news. Cam Akers is out for the 2021 season after tearing his Achilles. Um, Cam Akers was training before training camp started and he tore his uh, Achilles. The Rams are expected to go forward with Daryl Henderson with Xavier Jones backing him up. It remains to be seen if they're going to add anybody um, behind those two guys. Um, There are a couple of running backs that are on, you know, free agency that are still in free agency rather. Um, But yeah, Ty Gurley's not coming back. (laughs) I don't think they're going to go back that route. You could have Le'Veon Bell. Um, You know, he's still available if you want to go that route. I personally think that they should trade for Marlon Mack. This would be a perfect opportunity for Mack um, in the event that he's looking for another deal with another team. He's still 25 years old. He comes over to the Rams. He shows that he can still play after tearing his own Achilles the year before. And then he's good to go. I mean, there's still plenty of, I, I think there's a couple of teams, you know, like the Atlanta Falcons that could use Marlon Mack. You know, Mike Davis is okay, but a, a younger back in Marlon Mack would be good uh, for Atlanta. Um, but we'll see if, if the Rams decide to add anybody else in that backfield. Uh, I don't off the top. We're just going to have to wait and see. There's going to be names dropping um, as training camp goes on because, you know, there's going to be guys that's going to get cut. Um, so we'll have to see what the Rams end up doing going forward. Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints wide receiver, is expected to miss the start of the regular season. He decided that it was a good idea to have off-season ankle surgery, you know, to repair ligaments that was uh, damaged in his ankle in June. I Now, per some of the reports, he was advised by his specialist to wait and not have surgery earlier in the off-season. And I don't, I don't get that move at all. Like, there's got to be something else behind that because that doesn't make sense. You have a bit, you have a bad ankle injury, and you decide that you're going to try and heal it instead of getting off-season surgery. And then you waited until June. I don't know. Something there's something going on there. That's that doesn't make any sense. But he's going to miss the start of the season. His recovery time is reportedly about four months, so we'll have to wait and see uh, what that timetable looks like. Um, if there's any more information that comes out uh, right now, <laughs> I can't advise drafting him in the early rounds. That should be, you know, painstakingly obvious because you don't know when he's going to come back. Um, he's probably a stash at this point. If he falls far enough, I'll put it like this. If he doesn't start to slide into the later rounds, I'm talking like maybe close to eight or nine or, or the double digits. I, I, I'm fine with missing on Michael Thomas because even if he comes back right now, we don't know what quarterback is going to be there for the saints. Is it going to be Taysom Hill? Is it going to be Jameis Winston who I hope it's going to be? We don't know yet. So, you know, before you start driving, um, you know, checking out the waiver wire and looking up who's what wide receivers are coming up, is it going to be Traquan Smith? Is it going to be uh, Marquise Holloway? Callaway, excuse me. I can't. 
I can't advise going after them because you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to shake out to be. If it's Jameis Winston, I would be more prone to going after. If I knew it was going to be Jameis Winston, I would be more prone in going after those other two guys, Trey Caron Smith and Marquise Callaway. But if you have the space, at the very least, you can stash them. And then wait and see what happens. That's the best I can give you. And hopefully, Jameis Winston gets the job, and then we can go from there. This is a bit older. Allen Robinson, the Bears wide receiver, and Chris Godwin, they were unable to get long-term deals ahead of the contract deadline. They both will be playing on the franchise tag this year. Chicago is more of a head-scratcher because who are you going to replace Allen Robinson with? You have Justin Fields, who you drafted this year. He's the future quarterback, but you're not going to give him a wide receiver one? I don't get that at all. The The Bears the Bears are stressful sometimes. It just I don't I don't get the thought process behind that. Not one bit. Like Chris Godwin is a little bit different. They have they're loaded at wide receiver. You have Mike Evans. You have the rookie, well, the second year, uh, Tyler Johnson. Uh, you have Scotty Miller. You have Antonio Brown. They have a lot of wide receivers. I think you keep Chris Godwin in that situation, too, because he's with Brady. You know, you keep them all compact, and you keep competing for Super Bowl appearances. So I, I kind of get why they haven't signed Chris Godwin just yet. I think they're going to. It would make a... It would be a smart decision on their part to get that done. But as for Chicago, it's just like, why? Why not? Like, what's your options right now after Allen Robinson? You don't really have any. But, you know, we'll see about that. Joe Burrow has been cleared for training camp. Remember, he was uh, limited in OTAs. He wasn't 100 percent, but he's expected to go into training camp with no limits. And also reports are coming out of Bengals camp that be, that Burrow is a lot of bees. Joe Burrow has been working on his downfield accuracy this offseason. It wasn't the greatest last year, but because they're going to be throwing a lot or they look like they're going to be throwing a lot because we don't know what that Bengals defense is going to be looking like this year. Uh, expect Joe Burrow to be able to chuck the ball around. If he gets if he cleans up that deep ball accuracy, man, he's going to be a problem. He's got a lot of – we're going to get into that later, but, you know, keep an eye on Joe Burrow. But that's it for our news. Let's get into the main segment. Our wide receiver – why am I going wide receiver? <laughs> Quarterbacks, 11 through 20. Come on, William, keep it together. Fantasy rankings. Quarterbacks. Oh, man, what's funny about that, too, is I'm looking at my notes, and I'm like, where did I get wide receiver from? I don't know. <laughs> All right, so if you haven't heard our last episode, episode 40, we did our quarterbacks 1 through 10, and I told you that I'm using the consensus rankings from Fantasy Pros. I pulled that, and I'm comparing my rankings with theirs. So I'm going, like I said before in my last episode, I'm going to give you my placement for where I have the next quarterback on their list, and I'm going to give you their consensus ranking along with it, and then we'll go on from there. So, coming in at number 11 for me is Ryan Tannehill, the Tennessee Titans quarterback. He's the consensus number 11. I think that's a fair spot for him. You can either put him at 10 or 11. 
Um, I, Matthew Stafford was my number 10 quarterback. Um, I do like Ryan Tannehill. It was a little bit closer to figuring out where I was going to put both of those guys, but I gave the edge to Matthew Stafford. I think he's going to be he's going to be at one of those quarterbacks that's going to be slinging the ball a bit more than what was expected because they did have Cam Akers before the injury. They had a run game. Um, Daryl Henderson. I still think Daryl Henderson is going to be fine. Um, the offensive line was better, but I think Matthew Stafford is going to end up throwing the ball a bit more than what Ryan Tannehill would do. But at number 11, Ryan Tannehill is no slouch. He gets Julio Jones. He has A.J. Brown already. Ferkser, the tight end, Anthony Ferkser, they have him. They have Dez Fitzpatrick, who they drafted um, this year. He's probably going to be the third uh, wide receiver, hopefully. Hopefully he's going to be a third wide receiver. I like I don't know. I just like rookies coming in and snatching those jobs and, you know, because the other options that they've had before weren't great. So it's like, okay, well, let, let's get the new guy, get the new guy some work. But Ryan Tannehill hasn't been a slouch in his career so far since he's been with the Tennessee Titans. He finished with the ninth most fantasy points among quarterbacks in 2020. He averaged 21.5 fantasy points per game. I think that with the addition of Julio Jones, there should be I was I want to say a significant uptick in pass attempts um, because, you know, Julio Jones is a target hog. You have A.J. Brown on the other side. Um, I don't think that they're going to scurry too far away from what makes them good, which is the run game behind Derrick Henry. But with Ryan Tannehill and those two weapons, you have to get them involved in the game. So, you know, last season, Ryan Tannehill threw 481 passes. I think that he cracks 500 this year, and that's going to be even better for the Titans offense, and it's not going to make them completely dependent on Derrick Henry, especially in games where the run defenses they run into are better than their passing defenses. And then look at it on this end. One of those guys, Julio or A.J. Brown, is going to see a number two corner. Julio Jones is not done. Can you imagine him on a number two corner? Sheesh. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is going to be good. Um, but I think uh, at 11, that's a nice spot to have him at. Coming in at number 12 for me is Carson Wentz. He's now with the Indianapolis Colts. And I think that the consensus had him ranked way too far low. They have him at the consensus number 18. He's the consensus number 18, rather. Now, I get why they have him that low, because his 2020 season with the Philadelphia Eagles was not good. I'm not going to beleaguer that, because I've already done that this offseason, because I'm a Cowboys fan. So I got to let the Eagles fans have it. But he goes to Indy with Frank Reich, who he had his best career season in 2017. Frank Reich, when he has a quarterback that has talent, no disrespect to Jacoby Brissett, but let's be serious. Carson Wentz is better than Jacoby. Phillip Rivers, when he was there in 2020, is was better than Jacoby. And Phillip Rivers was on his way out. Frank Reich fixed Phillip Rivers on his way out. Phillip Rivers was respectfully hot garbage in 2019 with the LA Chargers. He was bad. 
throwing interceptions, uh, low QBR, low passer rating, um, horrible completion percentage, all that stuff. He goes to Frank Reich and the Colts, and all those numbers go up. Passer rating, QBR, completion percentage, you name it. All of those go up. So, I mean, deep ball accuracy, that was one of my big things. They That went up. I think that Frank Wright can do the same thing for Phillip Rivers that he did for Car- that he can do for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz comes into a better team. He has more weapons. He has a better offensive line. He has a better defense behind him. The run game for the Colts is way better than what the, it was with the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is coming into a much better situation, and I think people are underestimating what Frank Wright can do with Carson Wentz, with a guy he's familiar with. So to have him at 18, I think that's a bit on the egregious side. I get the, I get the point, but I just think that that's a little, that's way too low um, to have him that low on, on fantasy rankings. I think Carson Wentz is going to be one of those guys that you can get on the cheap end. And he has quarterback one upside. Plus, reports out of the Colts are that they're not going to put too much on him in the beginning. They're going to let him get comfortable. They're going to let him get acclimated to the offense, and I think he's going to take off. I'm looking at him to rebound big time, especially after last year. (laughs) All right, moving along. Number 13 for me, Jalen Hurts. He's the consensus number 10. I thought that was a little too high for Jalen Hurts, only because we haven't really seen what he can do. You know, we got the four-game stretch last year when he started. He beat the Saints. That was pretty good. You know, they were a good defense. But they were also – they didn't have Drew Brees. I mean, you can take that for what it is because he was kind of on his way out too. But they already had the division locked up. So it wasn't like they had to really play the last couple of games, to, you know, at full capacity. So – I don't know. Like, I get that Jalen Hurts, he has the ability to pass. Um, like, But I think people are getting too, maybe getting too hung up on his ability to move the ball with his legs. Now, granted, I did look into that, and he did average 5.6 yards per carry last year. He had three rushing touchdowns. He had three games over 60 yards rushing. I totally understand that. That's good. That's good stuff to have, especially for a mobile quarterback. But when you look at the Eagles team as a whole, do you see them leading games like that this year? And it's not coming from a place of hate. It's just I like Jalen Hurts, but I don't think that you he's a top 10 quarterback coming into a second year where they're going to be trying to run the ball. And that's not me talking. That's, you know, the word out of Philly. But I do believe Jalen Hurts has the potential to stay inside the top 15. There's enough talent for Jalen Hurts, or I'll put it like this. Let's see what Jalen Hurts can do in that system with Nick Sirianni. We don't know what that offense is going to look like yet. He may be one of those guys where he's going to have to pass a ton instead of running the ball because the Eagles are down. So I would just kind of temper expectations for Jalen Hurts. I don't think that he's trash, and that's not what I'm saying. I just think that Hurts, putting him inside the top 10, 
is kind of egregious just based off the fact that we don't even know what he what the offense is going to look like for the Eagles, let alone what Jalen Hurts is going to look like over a course of 17 weeks. Is there potential? Yes. I really do believe that. But are you taking him over guys like Matthew Stafford? Are you taking him over guys like Ryan Tannehill, who's proven that he's been one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the league? You know, just, just stuff like that. But if they got him at 10, we'll see how that shakes out. I hope Jalen Hurts does do well this year, though. Moving along, Matt Ryan. I have Matt Ryan coming in at 14. He's the consensus 14. Now, we know Matt Ryan's lost Julio Jones. Um, We know he's not, he's not a spring chicken anymore. But I don't think that we can throw him out on a scrap heat just yet. They did add Kyle Pitts through the draft. Calvin Ridley is going to be the new number one wide receiver. Um, Russell Gage proved that he can be proficient in the offense when given the chance. Um, And Ryan Tannehill actually finished as a QB 12 last year. He averaged 17.5 fantasy points per game. Um, And they still are going to be one of the more pass heavy offenses in the league. Now, kind of similar to what the Cincinnati Bengals have to deal with. We don't know what that, that Falcons defense is going to look like. But one thing that we can be certain of is that they're going to have to pass the ball to stay in games. The division is a little bit tougher. The Saints defense is probably still going to be one of the better ones in that division. Tom, Tom Brady is looming over the NFC South like the Death Star again, <laughs> like he was when he was with New England um, in that division. Like the Bucks are probably going to be the most feared team in the NFL um, for this season. So I just think that Matt Ryan is one of those late round quarterbacks that you can take and kind of be safe on, you know, hopefully that, that uh, points per game goes up. Uh, They do have Hayden Hurst as well. Mike Davis, they have a lot of pass catching options. So that may lend to, um, Matt Ryan being able to put up some more fantasy points. He led the league last year in passing attempts with 626. I don't see that number coming down. Um, with all those what with all those guys that you have, and then what the they made in the investment in Kyle Pitts, you they're going to be one of the they're going to continue to be one of the more pass heavy offenses in the league. So Matt Ryan, he's going to be cheaper in fantasy. I wouldn't mind landing him if I had to wait. Um four quarterbacks this year coming in at number 15 Kirk Cousins Minnesota Vikings he's a consensus number 16 now I know Kirk Cousins isn't the sexiest name on lists for fantasy rankings but he's been low-key one of the better uh fantasy options in terms of efficiency he's kind of been like um Ryan Tannehill in his last two seasons Kirk Cousins has averaged over eight yards per attempt He's also had seasons of 26 touchdowns and six interceptions in 2019, as well as 35 touchdowns and 13 interceptions in 2020. Kirk Cousins has been getting it done, and he hasn't thrown a whole lot of pass attempts. Um, He's had two seasons. The last two seasons, he's thrown less than 520 pass attempts. So he's been getting it done in concert with the running attack you know, that's led by Dalvin Cook. The question, though, is can he maintain, he can continue, whether or not he can continue 
to maintain that level of efficiency in a passing game? I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. But Kirk Cousins is one of those options that you can get later on in drafts, like uh, a couple of the other guys that I mentioned um, earlier. Now, I know you may not feel like, oh, man, you know, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I got to draft that guy late. But if he's capable of throwing 35 touchdowns at the very least, that's got that's something to uh, <laughs> something to keep in the back of your mind. Cousins also finished as the QB 11 last season while averaging 19, just over 19 fantasy points per game last year. So that's, you know, it's not too bad. It's like, all right, you know, okay, Cousins, I see you getting it done. You know, but, you know, I, I, compared to everybody else on the list, it's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go after the guys. Mobile quarterbacks are going to be the ones that go first, and then the high-power offenses are the next up to bat. So it's like, okay, I can see that. I can see why Kirk Cousins is where he's at. Coming in at number 16, I got Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the consensus ranking for him is at 13. Um, while I do believe, you know, Joe Burrow is going to be able to throw a ton like he did last year. He was on pace to throw over 600 passes in his rookie season because the offensive line is just that bad. The question, like I mentioned earlier, you know, when we talked about this Pittsburgh Steelers and their offensive line, is the offensive line for the Bengals going to be just as bad in 2021 like it was for 2020 we don't know they made adjustments to the offensive line just like the Steelers did but the team as a whole their defense hasn't been great I think you're going to be looking at Joe Burrow to try and lead them through the past to stay in games kind of similar to what I said about Matt Ryan and they have a lot of weapons in that Bengals offense you got Jamar Chase, who they drafted, who's arguably one of the best wide receivers coming out of the league. I mean, coming out of the draft this year, you have T. Higgins returning. You have Tyler Boyd, who was there last year, who's been there for a few years. Um, they have C.J. Uzman, um, the tight end who got hurt. He was kind of balling before he went down last year. They brought in Thaddeus Moss, who was his tight end back in college. Like They, they got a lot of pass option pieces. So that kind of lends you to the fact that, hey, they're going to try and throw the ball or they're going to have to throw the ball because they don't know what the run game is going to look like with Joe Mixon coming back from injury, what the offensive line is going to look like this year. But Joe Burrow is I think Joe Burrow is going to pass enough where he's going to have he's going to be able to take the next step in his career. Um, And I have him at 16 because we just don't know what he's going to be looking like as far as fantasy. He averaged about 17 fantasy points per game before going down can that number go up with the um passing options that he has probably you know he has a like i said he has a lot of weapons we just don't know what the offense is going to look like as a whole and to boot he's in a tough division you know he's got the ravens he's got the steelers he's got he's got some tough defenses to go up go up against every you know in the in the season so that's just something that, that you want to monitor. But I like Joe Burrow this year. That's why I got him in my top 20. Moving along, number 17, Baker Mayfield. He's a consensus 17. I feel like that's a fair spot to have Baker because we saw improvement from his 2019 season um, into 2020 when Kevin Stefanski became the head coach. Um, Baker was a lot more efficient. I think that that trend continues to go Um 
go trend up upward as we look at Baker trying to get that long-term deal with the Browns. Um, he gets Odell Beckham back. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on that move with Odell Beckham coming back and him being healthier. Now, I know everybody's like, you know, well, Baker was better when Odell went down. True. But I think the kind of offense that Kevin Stavansky wants to run, he needs a guy like Odell Beckham out there. You need that threat of a number one wide receiver. And when you look at his production that he got out of the wide receivers in that 2019 season with Minnesota, um, Stephon Diggs was balling. Like, it was kind of like, you know, this is the potential. And then he he kind of left right after that year. But I like those numbers that Stephon Diggs put up in that 2019 season in that offense. Um, and I think we can look for something similar out of Odell Beckham and the Browns. Maybe an uptick a little an uptick better than that 2019 season, but I still think you're looking at a solid at least wide receiver two with Odell Beckham um, in that offense. You know, the, the ground game is basically going to be running the show, but I think Baker is still going to be more efficient than what he was under Freddie Kitchens, and I think it may be enough for him to get that long-term deal. If anything, they'll try and put the ball in Baker's hands just a bit more so he can prove that he's making the progress that he needs to um, to get that deal done. Coming in at number 18, this is the only rookie that I'm putting in my top 20. Justin Fields, he's the consensus 24. Now, the reason why I have him at 18 is because I think that he is going to be one of, I think he's going to be the best rookie quarterback this season the problem is and i've said this before we have to wait for matt Nagy and the, the matt Nagy and andy dalton whatever you want to call that we need that to end we need that to end early now i'm not a proponent of rushing rookie quarterbacks but you don't draft a quarterback in the first round and not use him so hopefully Justin Fields is making his impression or he's going to make his impression in training camp. And that's enough to get them the uh, Browns front office, the coaches, coaching staff, whatever that wakes them up. And they're like, OK, Fields is the guy. Dalton is the backup. <laughs> we going to roll with this. It's, it's just when you look at Justin Fields, he gives you that mobility He's able to move the ball with his feet. He's able to scramble out of the pocket. He can do all those things that you get from a mobile quarterback. But he's also a good passer. He's He had, in his three seasons in college, his completion percentage did not drop below 65%. He threw 67 touchdowns in his final two years in Ohio State. Well, his only two years in Ohio State. Come on, like I think this guy has it. We just need Matt Nagy to wake up and see that he can do it. But Justin Fields is the guy that I can get later on in drafts, especially like if you're doing a redraft and you're doing QB one, uh, QB one leagues. Justin Fields is the guy that I take later on in a draft, and I put him on my bench. He's my stash, especially depending if I have a deeper bench. In, in my leagues, I'm definitely doing that. Justin Fields is going to be on the bench waiting for him to pop. 
behind my QB1, whoever it is. If I don't reach for one early or if I don't grab a later one that I like later on, and I got maybe <laughs> I got maybe Kirk Cousins in my QB1, <laughs> I'm waiting for Justin Fields to pop off. But I think Justin Fields has the potential to be one of those quarterbacks that stuns everybody this year. We just I just hope that he gets in sooner rather than later. Coming in at number 19, Derek Carr, Las Vegas Raiders. He's the consensus number 23 quarterback. I think we got to put a little respect on Derek Carr's name, man. He's he's okay for fantasy, but he's I think he's been a better reality quarterback than he has for fantasy. He averaged 17 fantasy points per game last year, but he did give you eight games with 20-plus fantasy points or more. So that's not too bad. That's about 50% last year. Can he be better than what he was? I think he can. Um, those touchdowns that he's had, he's had, I think, one season or two seasons where he's thrown for more than 25 touchdowns. And I'm not saying, like, he hit 30. It's just like, you know, he threw 26 or 27. He's got to get those touchdowns to go up. They got to get the wide receivers more involved in the offense. The Raiders had one of the worst uh, target rates when targeting wide receivers in the NFL last year. They got to be much better with that. They got to get Henry Ruggs and Byron Edwards more involved in the offense, get them involved in the passing game. We already know how dangerous Darren Waller is, and that's why I really didn't wasn't going to mention him. But in order for Derek Carr to be better, he has to get those touchdowns up. His interceptions has been low. I'm not worried about that. But he's got to score more points. He's got to get those wide receivers involved. If he can do that, we can see Derek Carr move up, maybe closer into the top 15, top tw- maybe top 10. Is that pushing it for Derek Carr, top 10? I'm not saying it. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> so if, if that's one thing that y'all want to comment on, I'll be more happy to talk about that. Coming in at number 20, Tua Tagovailoa, Miami Dolphins. He's a consensus number 20. I think Tua has an opportunity to show us that he is an NFL quarterback. He kind of got thrown into the fire last season, kind of um, him going in and out with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he didn't know the complete playbook, which has kind of the, been the story last season because COVID really jacked everything up, especially for rookies. But Tua comes into a situation where he's the man now. He's also one of those mobile quarterbacks. He can move with his feet. But I think he's going to be able to show what he can do in the passing game. They added Jalen Waddle in the, um, out of the draft this year. They signed Will Fuller in free agency. He already has Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki, the tight end, and Preston Williams. I don't know what they're going to do with Preston Williams. I like him. <laughs> I like Preston Williams, but I don't know what they're going to do with that guy because they're, they're really deep, and I don't know if they're out on Williams because he's always been banged up the last two seasons. But – in any case, I think two is going to be better than a lot of other guys on this list. You could probably make a case for like maybe Ben Roethlisberger. He should be in the top ten, uh, top twenty. But I think Tua has more. He has potentially more upside. He's younger. You know, we already know what guys like Ben Roethlisberger are. They're going to be available in drafts. But I think Tua is a guy that you can take a chance on, and he's going to be able to produce and show why he's a quarterback that you should have on your fantasy team this year. 
But that'll wrap it up for this episode. We are done. The top 20 quarterbacks is done. Make sure you check out episode 40 for our 1 through 10. Make sure you give this a listen for 11 through 20. You have any questions, any thoughts, do you think you should be higher or lower? Feel free to hit me up on social media, hype underscore finest. You can also tag the show at fantasy finest on Twitter and Instagram. But we're going to close it down. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys, and we will talk to you on our next episode. Y'all be safe. Take it easy. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, too, at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.